Hi all, it's Livia Ross from Beef and Lamb, the Southern South Island Extension Manager, and I'm here today recording a Breakfeed podcast following the Progressive Ag Conference, which was held in early August in Gore. Today I'm joined by Graham Butcher, a Southland farm consultant, who helped lead a, lead a discussion on the day around the percentages of lambs off mum, where they heard from two Southern farmers hearing some practical farming strategies and learning on increasing the percentage of lambs off mum at weaning and lifting profitability and productivity on farm. So today we're going to have a bit of a discussion on some tips and tricks for you guys out there to be able to do that as well. But to start with, thanks Graham for joining us and do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, I've been a farm consultant in the southern part of New Zealand for quite a number of years, set up the slate uh, XMAF late 80s, um, just before Rogenomics kicked in. So that was a uh, fairly interesting start to career in farm consulting. So I, basically I just specialise in sheep and beef and uh, some deer and a bit of dairy support. I don't do any dairy at all. So one of the few consultants that don't do dairy. Um, and I've been in Gore ever since. Awesome. And what made you stay in Gore and what about the farming down here that really appeals to you? Um, what made me stay in Gore? That's a very good question. Well, the work was here. Um, it's an excellent place for access to all sorts of different areas around, uh, like the Catlins is only a couple of hours away. There's one, two, three, four or five ski fields within a day's trip. Uh, you've got Fiordland a couple of hours away. Um, it's an excellent place to live, no question about it. Yeah. So Graham, over your years, you'll have seen a number of different farming operations and what are the majority of the farms that you're dealing with now? Are they, are they sheep and beef um, mixes or still the majority of them farming predominantly sheep? Um, majority probably sheep, but beef is quite an important part of the mix on some farms. Uh, deer have been reasonably flat the last year or so. Um, dairy supports always um, it can be flavour of the month one year and people throw away from it another year. But the, the basic work I do is probably revolving around sheep. And what is the majority of your clients? What are you doing for them? Um, I've got no set way I deal with clients. A lot of farm consultants, they, they will say, oh, I'm going to see you every four weeks or six weeks. So I just let the clients decide what input they want. Um, I've, I've got clients I see once a year. I've got clients I see once a month. Um, I've even had a client I've seen every about 20 years. So it's quite interesting. They always seem to keep coming back for a variety of reasons. Um, so as I said, my input's tailored to what the farmer and the farm requires. Awesome. So just another support system that leads links on to those systems that are already there for farmers, which is great. So we're here, as we record this, we're at the beginning of September and we're getting into the real crunch and important time where the money is made on farm and that's yeah, getting those live lambs onto the ground. And the topic we're talking about today is percentages of lambs off mum. So at the other end, being able to get the most lambs as we can in those first drafts off. So. Thank you very much for joining us and to have that conversation. Let's start with uh, right at the top when we're going to select our flocks and what we're actually going to have in, on our farm. How important is genetics? Um, I think genetics is a critical part of what well, every aspect of sheep farming. Uh, and I think with lambs off mum at weaning, I think genetics is a fairly critical part in terms of the lactation ability of the ewe. 
I mean, this, this whole concept of lambs off mum at weaning, I think it's, it's a really important one for sheep farmers. I mean, sheep farmers are very happy to talk about scanning percentages and lambing percentages and average lambing days. Um, percentage lambs off mum at weaning is, is right up there with those basic sort of parameters. Um, and there's, there's some good fundamental reasons for that. Um, first one being it's economically pretty sound to try and get lots of lambs off mum at weaning. And um, if you look up AgriHQ figures, the five-year average is about a $14 advantage between sort of mid to late December and early March. If we look at 18, 19 year, it's about a $17 advantage. And last year was one out of the box. It was about a $30 advantage. Um, now that's, that's huge. That's good for cash flow. Um, it's lambs you don't have to muck around with the rest of the summer. It's deaths you won't have if they're already dead at the works. Um, there's a, it's really good business practice to target lambs off mum at weaning. So good fundamental reasons for doing that. So other than looking at the milking ability, what should farmers be looking for when they're selecting their genetics for their flocks? Um, if we look at the two farmers we had at the Progressive Ag Conference, Ryan and John, um, both of them had some background of Paul Dorset, East Frisian, and I think even a bit of Finn in their background, um, which flowed through to the commercial flocks. Uh, I think that's a reasonably important part of the results that they were achieving. I mean, a lot of farmers um, might get a handful away. Some farmers get none away. These two guys were getting, in the Inverdale flock of John Lindsay's, for example, he's getting over 80% away at weaning at 18.1 Ks. Now, that's absolutely phenomenal. Ryan um, is on a hill country farm just in the back of Ojai. He's getting close to 50% away off mum at weaning. Now, you know, they're very, very good results, and not a lot of farmers can emulate that. Um, and the whole point of having them along was for them to talk about what management, what management practices they had that allowed them to do that. And they also talked about the genetic aspects of it. Now, Ryan's was an interesting particular farm. This is his fourth lambing, I think, coming up on the farm. Uh, when he started off, he bought in some East Frisian background sheep off, I think it was off one of the sheep milking farms down here. But he's been buying sheep from a number of places. So I think that background in the East Frisian is probably an important part of his, but I think as time progresses, that East Frisian influence will just disappear. Um, John Lindsay, on the other hand, has a, a reasonably complex sort of mating program. It's a large scale farm. Um, it's about 1,500 hectares, um, and he purposely introduces a Paul Dorset genetics in one flock to produce Paul Dorset cross Inverdale Texel lambs, which goes into another flock. Um, and they put terminal lambs across that. So he's introducing every year some milking genetics. And in his Inverdale flock, um, he's getting 84% away by 22nd of December at, a, at a, over 18 Ks, I think the figure was. Um, and if you take his whole flock overall, even the maternal side, he's getting close to 50% away as well. Now they are phenomenal results. And genetics yeah, is part of the deal. Yeah, two great farmers having some great results. And it yeah, doesn't come without a whole lot of the different a whole lot of other management under under that as well. So other than genetics, how important is it getting that body condition score right? Um, condition scoring. Uh, I think John emphasized in his talk that he tried to keep his sheep fit but not fat 
all year round without big changes up and down in condition scoring. And I think that's a fairly important part of the deal. If you, if you wind condition off use over the summer, it's very expensive to put that weight back on prior to mating, and mating weight obviously is pretty important. Um, and if you do take weight off over summer, um, it takes a lot of feed to build that up again. So it's a pretty inefficient way to do things. So I think maintaining a good level of feeding, fit not fat, without big changes in the condition score over the year is probably a pretty important part of things. And from your years of experience, what is your sort of tips and tricks for farmers of being able to get that right? To get the condition score even? Yes. Um, attention to detail, looking at the bottom end all the time. I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's no good talking about my average condition score of the flock is 3.5 there at four, I'm okay. If your average condition score is 3.5, half your sheep are below 3.5, which is probably not good enough. So we should forget about average condition scoring and look at each individual sheep as much as we can. So it's that attention to detail. I think that came through in Ryan and John's presentation. So every sheep hits the mark when the ram goes out. Awesome. So another point we've discussed at the conference, and we're going to touch on again here, Graham, is the pastures at lambing time. What do we want to recommend for farmers in regards to what those pastures should be like? Uh, what they should be like? Well, in terms of kilograms of dry matter, somewhere between 14 and 15. Um, the earlier you lamb, probably the higher it should be. If you're, if you're lambing before spring growth sort of takes off, you've got to have a bit more buffer there to begin with. Um, so around that mark, good, good quality stuff too, not sort of old rank dead stuff with no clover in it. Um, and that was, a, I think, a, a key feature for both speakers at the conference that we had. They really focused on clover content, green leafy pastures. Um, I know Ryan places a lot of reliance on tetraploid ryegrasses and they tend to be very clover friendly. So their attention to the pasture quality and pasture covers was very, very good. And I think that's, that's what allows you that, to express that genetic ability of the sheep to wean those lambs. Definitely. And it's having the feed, not just while the lambs are hitting the ground, but at that other end when they're really taking off and not relying on mum's milk as much, isn't it? Um, yes, mum's milk is very, very important. Uh, those very young lambs require very high price protein intakes, um, and that's what mum's milk is all about. Yeah, no, definitely. So what other management tips and tricks are there in regards to underneath all this to ensure that we are getting that large percentage of lambs, of lambs off mum um, and weaning? Just making sure feed quality is maintained over the lactation period and it never runs short. Uh, I know Ryan had you and lamb rotations starting quite early on in the piece. I think John had a particularly interesting technique. He set stocked his triplet bearing ewes. So he scans for triplets. Um, he set stocks his triplet bearing ewes two weeks on their own prior to lambing, but three or four days prior to lambing, he adds in the twins. Um, and a lot of farmers are reluctant to just have triplet bearing paddocks because there's three times the number of lambs as there is used and it can get quite chaotic. So I thought that was quite an interesting one. Um, I'm not sure whether John actually did ewe and lamb rotations, uh, but he has quite a large diverse stock policy with quite a few cattle. He introduced cattle into the sheep areas quite early on in the piece, soon after tailing, just to help maintain that quality of the paddocks. Um, so it was back to that pasture quality, maintaining that, maintaining new condition, having sufficient grass, having good genetics, 
so that feed quality can be expressed in terms of wean, lambs weaned. Now, these guys are getting probably in excess of 500, 500 kilos, 500 grams a day in their lambs. Um, they're probably, one of the, just going back a sec, one of the advantages of uh, weaning uh, drafts is that the dressing out percentage is pretty good. So, you know, a 37K lamb can give you a very good carcass weight. Um, so that's a, a good thing. Um, so it's, it's not, it's actually not rocket science. There's not a lot of new technology in this. It's all about genetics and feeding and management that create what these guys can do. Um, and it's attention to detail. So recently, Graham, we've also, there's been talk about a La Nino weather pattern potentially coming through in summer. We've seen some drier winters in that. What sort of tips and tricks would you have for farmers to make sure that they're still able to maintain that feed quality if they were he we ended up heading into a drier summer? Oh, maintaining that feed for the year round, you mean? Yes. Um, cattle certainly help. A portion of cattle certainly helps. Um, if you're on country where you haven't got cattle and you can't bail up excesses over the summer, um, it becomes more problematic about how you do that. Uh, cattle... <sighs> Cattle have had a lot of bad press over the past 10 or 15 years. People go in and out of them. Some make money, some don't. Um, but I think cattle can be very useful on a sheep farm. Um, obviously, in Southern Plains, if you're wet and wet ground, cattle can be a bit of a problem as well. And that's reasonably important with freshwater rules now. So, um, John they have a lot of benefits to complement a system, don't they? Well, yeah, comp complementary grazing, yeah, that, that's a big part of it. But keeping tabs on things, if um, knowing what's happening to your grass growth, uh, once you see a big surplus, um, it's a bit late. You've got to know when a surplus is starting to appear. And uh, yes, um, going around doing pasture measurements, plate meters, stuff like that, it, you know, it can be quite useful if you're that way inclined. So, Graham, is there any way that farmers can be benchmarking themselves to see where they're at? Yeah, they certainly can. Um, uh, there's a well, I've talked about a new benchmark, which is kilograms lambed, kilograms carcass weight lambs weaned off mum per ewe mated. Um, so you just, and this includes skim drafting. Um, they're included in this. So um, all you've got to do is sit down and work out kilograms of lambs killed um, by the date that you permanently wean and divide that by the number of ewes mated. Now, um, I did a quick calculation for both Ryan and John of Progressive Ag. Ryan was doing 18.5 and John was doing 20.6. So around that 18.20 mark, um, if you can achieve that, pat yourself on the back. Awesome. So just to finish up, Graham, if there's, as we said, we're here at the beginning of September, we're starting to really need to make these management decisions early uh, to get those lambs off mum at, in a couple of months. What would be your key take-home to farmers that are listening? Key take-home message is um, look at closely at your genetics. Is it, is, it, uh, are your, is your genetic makeup um, what's going to give you those results of lambs off mum at weaning with a particular emphasis on lactation? Um, pasture quality, you, you know, you should be looking at it quite frequently to see what's happening on the farm. Um, and just another thing, that lambs off mum at weaning is, is the ultimate goal, but a lot of the techniques and a lot of the things we've been talking about can add to weaning weight of lambs. You may not necessarily get over that mark where you can kill them, but if you can add one or two kilos um, to your weaning weight, not necessarily kill them, it's a big advantage for the following summer as well. So, um, 
as I said, it's not it's not rocket science. It's dealing with the things that we know that we need to do well. Um, we just got to sit down and execute those things. And that's the key bit that I think stand out of these farmers. They knew what they had to do, not rocket science, but they executed those things. Yeah. As you said, a lot of this isn't new. It is going back to basics to get it right. And yeah. it's been great to be able to have that discussion. So thank you so much, Graham, for being able to share some of those and uh, for being part of our Progressive Ag Conference. And hopefully for those listening, you've been able to pick up a few tips and tricks to be able to increase that bottom line for your properties this year. Thanks thank for listening. You. And thank you very much, Graham, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.